How's it going? Welcome to Dirty Real Estate Show, where we provide bite-sized actionable tips and hacks along with interviews of industry experts to help you elevate your land investment journey. My name is Eric Cole. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Marshall. Let's go. All right, welcome back to another episode of Dirty Real Estate Show. How's it going, Mike? Doing good, man. How about you? I am good. I am. How's the weather good. in um, Vegas, man? Are you sweating it, out like I am? No, it's it's hot, man. Um, I think today is one oh eight. Wow, one oh six. Yep. Yeah, I'm like uh, looking out here. It's just about a hundred here, but like the humidity, man, is always the. the oh bad. yeah, it's bad. But, um, I. I all right. Yeah, like I mean, here it's like you know, you know, it's not too bad because you stay indoor most of the time, and when you go outside, it's like you're you're opening like a oven door, right? Yeah. That's how it feels like. Yeah, <laughs> you go walk, yeah. get into your car, um, but yeah, other than that, it's good, man. Good, good, yeah. very good here. Yeah, so today we- I got we got this um, amazing episode. Uh, it's, it's called "Is There Such Thing as Jump Land?" Yeah, you know, it's um, it's interesting. I've I think a lot of people in the land business have heard that phrase before. And I think it's kind of important to know like what the implication is and when people use that term and then also maybe where it originated from, you know, to begin with. I think the implication when people hear junk land for most people, they hear that word and they think that it implies as though the piece of property has no value to it at all. It's like a completely worthless. Right. And um, I think that's the first thing to understand. And the next thing is that, where it actually came from, you know, and and the the term really came from like the development or builder industry, you know, and you'll hear builders and developers will say, Oh, that's junk land. That's junk property. There's nothing I can do with that. Well, the reality is that's not really true. It it may be junk to them, but not to somebody else. Yeah. I mean, it it kind of depends on the end buyer, right? Who you try to sell the land to, you know, like, like what you said, the builders, of course they want to, they want buildable lots. They want something that, or you have infrastructure, utilities, water, sewer, everything onto the lot. That's like what they want. They don't want the extra expense to where bringing all these utilities. But if you sell it, if you're in like this uh, more rural area where, you know, people may be able to park the RV there and camp, or, you know, they want to get into these like glamping sites, you know, they can set up something like that. So it's not necessarily junk land. It just kind of depends on the end users. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that when you talk about value of any piece of property, a large part of that value has to do with like where it's located. A large part of it has to do with what's on the property, but then also a large part of it has to do with what you can do with the property in the future. Right. So it's like kind of like those three components that play into like how, you know, a property is valued in essence. And so you're right, you know, like I don't think there's a such thing as a property having absolutely no value to it. But, you know, a desert square in the middle of, you know, Kern County, California, you know, with no access to it, you know, and, right. you know, it, it's going to have less value than something that's an infill lot in some, you know, city in, you know, New York or something like that. You know, it, it just the point being is that it, desirability plays into that sure. and desirability plays into like how you can actually use the property. Yeah. I mean, like back to that Kern County example, um, if you put on put in easement right? That will add value to the property, right? Right. So it just kind of depends on how you approach it. Now, 
you know, it's, it's easy to say, but, you know, sometimes, you know, bringing easement can be challenging. You got to talk to a lot of different owners all around it and, you know, things like that. But if, if you're able to do that, that will drastically improve the property value. Yeah, because now you've made it more usable to somebody than it was prior to that. You know, before I couldn't drive to it, you know, I couldn't right. legally access it, but now I can. So now it's more usable. So now the value shoots up. Yep, for sure. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And so it's just a matter of like when people say that it's just they're trying to just speed dismissive, you know. And so you may hear that if you're working with, you know, a developer, you're trying to sell to a builder, they're going to tell you, oh, that's junk land, you know. And if you hear that, my suggestion would be really to ask them why, you know, ask them why they think that. Why is it that that's their opinion? And the thing is that it is an opinion. And everybody has an opinion and they're all different, obviously. And so their point of view is is going to be helpful because you're going to at least you're going to do one of two things. You're going to learn why it's not as desirable or you're going to learn that they're they're full of crap, basically, and and they don't know what they're talking about. So you're going to learn one or two things out of it, you know, but ultimately, if you ever do hear somebody say, well, that's junk land, it has no value to it. Well, number one, that's not true. It has some value to it. The matter of the, uh, the issue is rather is finding the end buyer that does value it, right? Right. So you've all sold property to different types of buyers, you know, and I had a desert square, like I said, in Kern County, it had legal access to it, but it was hard to sell it because who was going to, it wasn't going to be a homeowner or home builder that was going to buy it. So I ultimately yeah. sold it to a guy that was into motocross and stuff. And he, there was motocross right. tracks in that area and that's his jam. So that's what he did. So he's finding the right person, understanding who that, that end buyer is. Yeah, from my experience, like there's only a couple of things, right? Really, like if you look, if you're talking about like the rural stuff, yeah, most builders will not go that rural, right? Because they want, you know, they want things that are closer to like, you know, an urbanized area. And if if it's in an urbanized area, from my experience, usually two things: either there's no utility, they don't want to bring that utility in because it's going to cost them a lot more. And then also the soil quality, like, you know, how expensive it is to build. So those are the two things that I personally experienced with, you know, talking to builders and things like that. But other than that, I mean, there's still, you know, you still have the potential. Just because it costs more to build, that doesn't mean that it's bad or junk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, those are great examples that you brought up. Other ones that I've seen recently um, two of them is um, kind of related to utilities as well is like sewer capacity or mm. even water capacity too, especially in California. Um, you know, utilities will provide you like with a will serve letter saying that they're going to serve, you know, utilities to that property. But the right. notion of whether or not there's enough capacity to do it enough, like sewer capacity in terms of like the diameter of the actual sewer lines or yeah. water capacity in terms of the amount of available water. But those are all things that play to value, you know, and those are all things yeah. that play to usability, you know. And so if you can't use a property because it doesn't have enough sewer capacity, well, the value of that property decreases accordingly. And some places, you know, you just don't have the water rights. That's another it's thing, bad. too. Yeah. So, you know, you, you need the water rights to even take a well in most places. Yeah. That's and true. so if you don't have that and that water rights, I mean, we're not going to go deep in here, but we can you know, recording on an episode in the future to maybe talk about, you know, water rights a little bit because it's like its own beast. <laughs> it's yeah, like, right. You know what I mean? Um, so, but yeah, there's a, to wrap this up, I think, you know, there's no such thing as junk land in our opinions because there's always some value to it. Even 
even though you if you own a piece of land on a cliff, right? Yeah, there's still some value to that. You know, you can sell yeah, it to it. You know, some uh, rock climber. You know, you never know, right? <laughs> yeah, you never know. I mean, and then plus, there's people that just want to buy land because they want a piece of California sure. or they want a piece of yeah. you know Texas or whatever it happens to be. So whatever their motivation is, is that's their reason. So it's going to have value. So it's not an issue of it being valueless. The notion of it being junk land is in the perspective of the buyer. And so we're talking about builders a lot of times on this podcast. And it's easy to find those properties that don't have like, you know, um, the ability to be built on. But the same is in true in reverse too. you know, a guy that wants it for, you know, motocross to ride his, you know, motorcycle on is not going to buy an infill lot with houses on either side. Right, right. (laughs) That could be a junk line to that motocross person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Right. It's so small, I can't do my wheelies. And, you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, um, like I said, there's no such thing as junk land. So just do your research, be creative about it, see what you can do. We always talk about like value add. There's different, that's what the money is, you know, the how creative you can get. Now, of course, you know, certain properties is, you just got to do your due diligence and be creative, have, have an open mind, you know, think outside the box and see what yeah. you can do to a piece of property because you never know. Absolutely. You know, and my whole thing is, is that, you know, as long as you know who your end buyer is or have a good idea, then you're going to be in good shape. Yeah. Well, I'll leave you with this. So I had this um, property, uh, I think up in Northern, Northern Nevada, in the middle of nowhere. This is like when I first started, I have no idea. Like, anyway, I, I bought the piece of property. It was super cheap. And I was, I got approached by this like artist that wanted to put some land art on. You ever seen those before? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like sculptures and yeah, things right. like that. Um, so yeah, I was approached and I sold it to him and he was so, he was super happy because he was able to put his art on there. So you never know, like it's in the middle of nowhere. Like you would never think like you would live there or anything. You just, but he loved it because he loved the, you know, he's familiar with the area and <laughs> apparently yeah. like, that's the spot that he want. Um, so you never know. Yeah, that's very true, man. Very, very true. So, yeah, I mean, any last words, Mike? No, that's we wrap this I up? think we covered it. You know, no such thing as a as junk land, you know. So just I think I said wrapping up for like three times already. So we're, gonna... <laughs> we're done now. Yes, we are done. Official. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Thank you. Right. Take care, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, there's a lot of value in this, and I hope you can take these actionable items and apply it to your real estate land investment business. Uh, if you feel like we brought some value to you, please leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This will allow the algorithm to kind of push a, a podcast up higher and get more reached so that we can help more people. And also share with your friends, you know, your investor friends or whoever are kind of in that investing space. Uh, until next time, have a good one.